let's go ahead and open up the doors to the daily with Doc and Becca. And today is our Friday, one of my favorite days of the week with Pharmacist Friday and the one and only Pharmacist Ben Fuchs. Now, folks, if you have never heard Pharmacist Ben Fuchs, you are in for a treat as he is bringing from the medical side of it and incorporating it into the nutritional side of it, and then topping it off with going into science and how everything works, which for those of us who are kind of geeky, I think it's perfect. For those that are not, that's okay, because the way he explains it, it makes it understandable. So folks, get ready for an amazing show on Daily with Doc and Becca. Now, this program is being sponsored by dailywithdoc.com. So if you have never visited our website and you are not part of our email list, make sure that you do so. This is um, the website itself is for those who have never spoken to anybody about longevity or have never tried the products um, outside of the Critical Health News or Daily with Doc family of um longevity distributors but if you were referred to somebody you make sure that you get back with them and tell them what you liked best about the program and ask them if they can assist you in figuring out what it is that you need to maintain your health or choose a different health journey if you're going down a road that you don't particularly care for so that is one nice thing about the way the body was designed is that when we give it the right ingredients, the body itself can do some amazing things. Now, products don't diagnose, cure, or treat anything, but folks, God didn't make junk. So it can do a lot of stuff on its own. Now, pharmacist Ben, he started out in the pharmacy arena, going to school, learning about all the different things that they teach you in pharmacy school but one thing that's different between pharmacy school and medical school itself training you as a doctor is they go more into the nutrition side of it and i love the fact that he found so much value in the nutrition side of it that he was recommending nutrition with the pharmaceuticals that were being recommended at the pharmacy or by the doctor, then they take them to the pharmacy. But then he was also saying, well, why don't you try this instead? And they, they fired him. Can you believe that? You give somebody something that their body can actually use for its benefit, not just mass symptoms, and you get fired? Well, that didn't stop him. So I'm super excited to be able to bring to the screen with me pharmacist Ben Fuchs, who has been doing this for a few decades and has dug super deep into this pharmaceutical side, the medical side, the scientific side, and how everything works into in the body. And Ben, thank you so much for bringing this Friday to us. I know we're going to be talking about the electrical system with the well, we're going to talk about how healing and health and disease is really electrical, even though we talk about it. Um, just lost you here. Even though we talk about it from a, from a chemical point of view, chemistry only works because of electricity. When we're sick, 
we talk about being sick chemically in terms of drugs and in terms of nutrition, um, and we uh, we use chemical modalities to help put the body back into uh, into a, to help readjust the body back to a healthy state. But really, at the end of the day, it's all about electricity. Chemistry is just the physical manifestation of electricity of electrons. Can't really see electricity. Um, you can't, really, but you can see the results of electricity. And chemistry is one of the results of electricity. A chemical is made up of a bunch of molecules. The molecules make a bunch of atoms, and an atom is just really an electrical substance. So basically, we're not chemical; we're electrical. And a chemical only works as well as, uh, as well as uh, its electrical nature and the body's electrical response to the electrical stimulus of that chemical. So you know, for, just to give you a simple example. Uh, many of you guys probably heard of receptors and things that sit into receptors. And I can't see anybody, so I'm going to just use you, Rebecca, as my as my totem for everybody. You have a cell and you have a receptor, and then things sit in the receptor and things happen, right? That You've seen that kind of, you've heard that imagery before. You have a receptor, things sit in the receptor, cells, uh, action happens. That's how actions happen. We always say all disease is cell disease, but how is it that a cell functions? Well, it functions via interactions between things from the outside and things that sit on the receptors. I like to think of receptors as ears and chemicals that sit in the receptors as words. So I'm talking to you now, the words go into your ears and you have a response. Cell does the same thing. We call these receptors, almost like a plug in a socket. You can think of a receptor like a socket, if not like an ear, like a socket. Uh, and then a chemical sits in that socket, like a plug, and then a reaction happens. But here's the thing. When we think of a plug going into a socket, we think of actually the plug touching the socket, but the plug, plug doesn't really touch the socket. The, the thing that sits in the receptor isn't really touching the receptor. It's magnetically changing it. And by the way, electro, electricity and magnetism, for our purposes here, are gonna, we're going to use them synonymously. It's called electromagnetism because magnetism is one side of the coin and electricity is the other side of the coin. So they're essentially the same coin. It's just viewed at from a different perspective. So things sit into the cell receptor via magnetism and electricity. Why is this important? Because if the shape of that receptor is distorted or changed, the electrical action is not going to happen correctly, and the cell is not going to be healthy. The cell is not going to be able to respond to that um, to that uh, interaction, that the the uh, plug hitting the socket. That's one place where electricity plays a very important role is in the interaction between the thing that sits into the receptor. By the way, the thing that sits into the receptor, we call that a ligand. That's just a, a, a fancy biochemical term. The ligand is anything that sits in the receptor. For the most part, it's hormones or peptides. Chemists call them ligands. So we'll just use that term for the plug. A ligand is a plug. A receptor is a socket. The ligand plug sits in the receptor socket and chemistry happens. That's how everything happens in a cell uh, in response to the outside world. This is how cells respond to the outside world. Now, for a cell, the cell doesn't see the sun and it doesn't see, you know, my computer and it doesn't see the table. All a cell sees is the fluid it's sitting in. So a cell is sitting in fluid, a soup, and that soup is the major determining factor for how that cell is going to reside or, or respond. Cell sits in the soup. For 
our, our conversation today, what the soup we'll call the blood. It's not exactly right because the soup is derived from the blood, but for our purposes here today, we'll call the soup the blood. So if there's any biochemists out there, don't hold my feet to the fire on this because I'm simplifying, okay? So the soup, the cell sits in the soup. For our purposes here today, the soup is the blood. That's why I always say all disease is cell disease, but all cell disease is preceded by dirty blood. So when the cell is sitting in the soup and that soup is dirty, it's not going to be able to communicate with the ligand as effectively. This is why we've got to keep the soup clean. Almost all the things we do as a culture are designed to dirty the soup, to muck up the soup. And this is where disease starts. That's why all disease is cell disease, but all cell disease is preceded by dirty blood. So the soup becomes dirty. And one way you can look at this is by a phenomenon called doping. You know, you ever see those commercials, why do you think they call it dope? Remember that when we were kids? Why do you think they call it dope? You ever wonder why they call marijuana or drugs, they call them dope? Where would that word come from? Why do they call people a dopes that they're stupid? What is a dope? Well, yeah, so I was always told that they don't call it or told, they don't call it dope because it makes you smart. Right. Why do they why do we why do we uh refer to dope as something that makes you stupid? Well, how did the word dope because come it about? Numbs your senses. Well, where's the word dope come from? It's a it's actually an electronics word. When you have when you're making a semiconductor, they dope the semiconductor to create changes in how it conducts electricity. Usually they dope semiconductors to make it conduct electricity a little more efficiently. This is what doping is. Doping is okay. actually an electronic word. It's a word that so comes does from that electronics. Have, does that have anything to do with dopamine? No. Dopamine is a completely okay. different thing. Okay. So dopamine is D-O-P-A, and that's a that's a, a chemical uh, abbreviation, but that's something different. So dope, to dope something is to pollute it. When you dope something, you pollute it. Uh, there's a phenomena in, um, uh, in, in bicycle racing. I don't know if you know anything about bicycle racing, but a lot of bicycle racers, to get super extra power, they will dope their blood. It's called blood doping. And blood doping is actually an illegal thing because by sticking dope in the blood, they get extra energy. Blood doping, they use various chemicals to make the blood more efficient so they can be more effective athletes, but that's illegal. That's cheating. I don't know if you remember Lance Armstrong got, got in trouble for this, right? For blood doping. So blood doping is an example of how you can dope things to create changes. When we dope the blood, uh, when we eat sugar or we take drugs, or we have uh, excess wastes from inflammation, we're doping the blood. The blood becomes doped. The blood becomes stupid. It becomes polluted. And this changes the way it interacts with cells. So this is one place where the electrical nature of the fluids that the cell is sitting in can uh, have an impact on health and wellness and disease. Another example of electricity in the body involves the movement of blood. As fluids move through, uh, as special fluids move, blood, uh, in our example that we're using now, as blood moves, it's generating electrical charges. The way it generates electrical charges is very interesting. The blood is not just fluid. It's not just water. The blood has pieces in it, lots of stuff inside the blood. And the stuff inside the blood in combination with the movement generates electrical charges. And the exact uh, proportion of stuff in the blood to fluid, 
And then the exact composition of stuff in the blood is critical for the generation of electrical charges. By the way, the generation of electrical charges is called a zeta potential. I don't know if you ever heard that term, zeta potential. The zeta potential is the electrical charge that's generated in the blood as it's circulating through the body. The, gener uh, the generation of that zeta potential is extremely important for the circulation. However, once we start to dope the blood, once we start to contaminate the blood, that changes its composition. The change in the composition of the blood results in a change in the electrical energy. So you've got changes in the fluids that the cell is sitting in. You've got changes in the, in the, uh, in the composition of the blood, both of which are going to impact how well, the, how, how uh, electrically functioning, the how well the electricity, the bioelectricity in the body is going to function. This is why all diseases sell disease, but all cell diseases preceded by dirty blood. When we talk about dirty blood, we're talking about an electrical phenomena. When we talk about all disease being cell disease, we're talking about an electrical phenomena. Cancer cells, just to give you a classic example, are cells that have uh, distorted a, a distorted electrical nature. Cancer cells have, a, and all disease cells have distorted electrical natures. So you have uh, the, the uh, electricity and the stuff that's sitting around the, uh, an electrical nature to the fluids that the cell is sitting in. You have an electrical nature to the blood that is uh, circulating through the body. And then you have the electrical nature of the cell itself. The cell itself is akin to a little battery. In fact, not only is the cell itself like a little battery, but the little structures inside the cell are little batteries. So you have batteries within batteries within batteries within batteries. You have electrical substances within electrical substances within electrical substances within electrical substances. You have nested electrical substances from the blood to the fluid to the cells to the uh, uh, to the uh, substructures within the cells. Even the DNA itself is, uh, is an electrical con con uh, conducting system. The most, uh, probably the most important of the electrical substances in the cell is the outside part of the cell. We call that a cell membrane. In fact, one of the most important uh, uh, developments or one of the most important um, pieces, pieces of electronics in a computer the chip is based on a concept called semi-conduction. Semi-conduction is not conduction, it's semi-conduction. So what is conduction? Conduction is the movement of electricity. So what is semi-conduction? Semi-conduction is an amazingly important phenomenon. We could not have the world we live in if it weren't for our, uh, our manufactured semiconduction and the body itself could not exist as it is if it weren't for biological semiconduction. So you know conduction is movement. Like when electricity moves, it's being conducted, right? Conduct means to uh, pull, pull through. By the way, education, eduction is to pull out. So when you educate someone, when you educt, what you're doing is you're pulling things out, which is very interesting because when people think of education, they think of the opposite. So if I'm educating you, you may think that I'm actually talking to you, so I'm putting things into you, but that's not what I'm doing. I'm pulling things out of you. So eduction is actually to pull things out of people. Conduction is the same phenomenon except for its movement. So what is a semiconductor? A semiconductor 
is when movement occurs sp uh, uh, sporadically, intermittently. Instead of movement going this like this, it goes like this. Instead of straight, it gets moved intermittently. And this is how computers work. You've probably heard of something called binary, uh, the binary nature of computers, zeros and ones, right? Yeah. Zeros and ones are on and off. Straight conduction is all on. Semiconduction is on off. Semiconduction is on off. It's zero one. Conduction is just one. Semiconduction is zero one. And it's the semiconduction that allows a straight electrical charge to become information. By controlling the amount of on-offs, you can store information. That's how computer works. Now, I don't, I don't, I don't want to overwhelm people too much because the point I'm making is this is how cell membranes work. And this is how the semiconduction, uh, the semiconductive nature of the body works. The whole body, the parts of the body, and the cells themselves don't conduct, uh, don't conduct electricity straight. They conduct electricity on off. So the whole body is now like a computer via its semiconductive nature. In terms of the cell, the semiconductor, the most important semiconductor, is the membrane. And this is what makes the membrane akin to a computer chip. Computer chip is a very, very elaborate semiconductor. Mm -hmm. If you ever look at a computer chip, you'll see, you've probably seen this image of all of these little tiny wires, these little tiny lines going around. Those little tiny wires going around conduct electrical charges in a semiconduction fashion by going on and off. And this is how information is stored. So a cell membrane is like a little computer chip. It's storing information. By the way, a cell membrane is microscopically small. It's, if you looked at it under a microscope, all it would look like is a little film, like a little sliver of oil. But really, it's a computer chip. And you have 100 trillion of these things. So you have your body is made up of 100 trillion independent computer chips via the cell membrane. So if you think the cell, if you, if you previously knew how that the cell membrane was important, now you know how unbelievably important the cell membrane is. The cell membrane, the, this little layer on the outside part of a cell, is like the brain of a cell. The nucleus is not the brain of the cell. A lot of times people will think that the nucleus is the brain of the cell because it has the DNA in it. And this is what the medical model is kind of telling us is that the intelligence of the cell is in the DNA. And this is why they want to manipulate the DNA. The DNA is not the intelligence of the cell. The DNA is the blueprint for all of the things that are made in the cell, but it's not intelligent. It's just a blueprint. It depends on the signals that are coming from the computer chip, from the membrane. The membrane is the membrane, like the brain. It is the computer chip. It is the intelligence of the cell. It's determining via semiconduction what kind of messages are going to come into the cell and ultimately into the DNA. Now, I told you when we started, Rebecca, that you know, I find this really fascinating. There's, I'm only giving you a little taste of all the electricity that's in the body, but you don't really need to know this if you just want to heal yourself or you just want to be in the healing business or you just want to uh, stay healthy. But it's important to recognize that our bodies are incredibly, mind-blowingly complex and intricate. 
and they're, they're uh, uh, complex and intricate at the tiniest of tiniest and tiniest of scales. But it's not really, you don't really necessarily have to know how the whole thing works. It's just amazing to think about. Now, another very important place where uh, electricity plays a role in the body is in really something that is very common that we think about all the time, but we don't really think of it as an electrical substance, and that is in its water. The water in the body is electrically charged. And the electrical charges of the water in the body come from various places. One of the places where the electrical charges in the, uh, in the water come from is the connective tissue. Now, you know, I'm always talking about the importance of connective tissue. One of the reasons why the connective tissue is a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons why the connective tissue is so important is because it's reacting with the water to charge it. To give, it elect uh, to give it electricity. And the combination of the connective tissue, specifically the collagen, and the fluid, the water, organizes the water. This is what's called structured water. You've often heard that the body is made up of 60 to 70% water, right? That's not true. It's made up of 60 to 70% structured water water which is a completely different form of water it's like a solid water if you can imagine a solid water not ice it's a solid water that's crystalline in fact it's said to be a liquid crystal you may have heard the term liquid crystals in terms of your monitor your computer monitor which is a liquid crystal a liquid crystal is a a, a form of liquid that can change its uh, tech, its texture and its composition it can, it can become more solid or it can become less solid. It can become more liquid or it can become less liquid by varying the electrical charges. When the electrical charges are high, the water becomes more structured. When it's lower, the water becomes more fluid. As we age, one of the most distressing parts of aging, I was looking at a picture of myself recently, today, and I realized I don't look the same as I did when I was 20 and 30. And what and nobody does. And one of the reasons is, is because we start to blobify. We lose our structure. This is a very distressing part of aging. And people spend billions, maybe trillions of dollars as a, a collectively to try to restructure our body. It can't do it. Because in order to re people try to inject things to restructure the body and have surgical procedures and tightening things done to the body. And there's all kinds of mechanical ways that we can artificially attempt to restructure the body. But the body is losing its structure because it's losing its ability to, to organize water. It's losing its ability to organize water because the connective tissue is deteriorating. This is why the very essence of anti-aging is building the connective tissue. When you have strong connective tissue, you have strong electrical interactions with the, with the water and everything becomes more solidified. So building the connective tissue is a very important part of allowing the body to function, uh, uh, to allowing the body to become more functional from an electrical, uh, electrical perspective. The connective tissue itself is bioelectrical and uh, ancient folks, ancient pra health practitioners knew about this. They knew 
that by manipulating the electronics of the connective tissue, they could make the body healthier. 5,000 years ago, they knew this. And what do they do to manipulate the electronics of the connective tissue? They stuck needles in it. And by sticking needles in the connective tissue, you could change the way electricity flowed through it, which in turn would change the way it reacted with, uh, with its fluids, which in turn would reorganize or restructure the fluids. What is that process called that was discovered or that, uh, that, uh, that healing modality called that was discovered 5,000 years ago? Acupuncture. This is what acupuncture is. Acupuncture changes the way electri electricity flows through the collagen, through the connective tissue. They stick needles in the connective tissue to make the electricity more functional. So it will in turn make the water more structured. So it will in turn reorganize the entire body. You can see all these different ways that electricity manifests in the body. And by the way, this is not the kind of electricity that we, that we tend to think of when we turn on our light. This is electricity that is functioning at the tiniest, tiniest levels, which is the quantum level. And it's not really electricity at that level as much as it is electrons, which is pieces of electricity. And there's a very important relationship between electrons, which are pieces of electricity, and um, anti-electrons, which are called protons. And this relationship between electrons and protons plays a major, major role in the functioning of the body. It's like uh, protons are required to pull in electrons. Protons, as it turns out, come from acid. Acid has a bad rap. People say, oh, you're making too much acid. Your body's too acidic. You need to have, too, you need to have more alkaline. But as it turns out, acid, i.e. protons, actually supports the movement of electricity. By blocking protons, you will actually stop the flow of electricity and uh, uh, suppress the actions of cells. You may have heard of something called proton pump inhibitors. Nexium and Prilosec, these are, these are uh, drugs that block the flow of protons. And by blocking the flow of protons, they suppress the activity, specifically in the case of Nexium and Prilosec, they suppress the activity, uh, 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 the, uh, the production of acid. So you can see electricity plays a major, major role in various places in the body. Not that you necessarily have to know how this happens, except to just be completely amazed and blown away by the by how how uh, tightly regulated and orchestrated and choreographed all of the phenomena in the body are at the quantum level, at the, the electron level. So how do we function? How do we leverage nutrition for all of this? Well, the most important uh, uh, control factor for electronic energy in the body are the fats. Fats hold on to energy. They're very rich sources of energy, especially essential fatty acids. The membrane that we talked about that acts like a semiconductor achieves its semiconducting activity or functionality through the fats it contains. Fats are the most difficult part of a food for the body to deal with. You have to have all kinds of unique chemistry and unique uh, uh, organ uh, uh, fluids in order to allow the body to process fats from foods. 
bile is used for the body to help the body process fats from foods. To a certain extent, pancreatic enzymes are involved to help the body process fats from foods. As we get older, we don't process our fats as effectively. So one of the most important things we could do as we get older is make sure we're uh, not only ingesting the correct fats, and that's where your ultimate EFAs come in, but supporting the body's ability to get the fats out of foods and out of uh, from the EFAs into the blood. That's why digestive enzymes are so important. That's why apple cider vinegar or betaine HCL, which is in the ultimate enzymes for longevity, are so important. And that's why, of course, why the ultimate EFAs are so important. Another very important uh, electrical substance that we should be getting in our system all the time is something uh, that you've all heard the term, I'm sure, electrolytes. So what is an electrolyte? An electrolyte is a molecule that dissolves in fluid. And as soon as it dissolves in fluid, it generates electrical charges. Classic example of an electrolyte is sodium chloride. Actually, that's two electrolytes put together, sodium and chloride. If you take sodium and if you take salt, sodium chloride is salt. If you take table salt and put it in your hand, there's no electricity. But as soon as you put sodium chloride in water, the water does something really cool. It separates the sodium and the chloride. Sodium chloride together, they don't do anything. They're sitting in your, in your hand. You're not going to get any electricity out of that. But as soon as you put water in the sodium, or as soon as you put the sodium chloride in water, the water separates the sodium and the chloride. Now, sodium is separate from the chloride. Sodium has a positive charge. Chloride has an electrical charge. What that really means is chloride has an excess amount of electricity and sodium has a shortage of electricity. For, for whatever reason, positive means a shortage of electricity. And, and this, is, this causes a lot of confusion for ke uh, chemistry students when they first start learning chemistry because it turns out when something has a positive charge, it uh, actually means it has a shortage of electrons. And when something has a negative charge, it means it has excess electrons. And there's a reason for that. I'm not going to get into that. But just think of the chloride has a negative charge, has excess electricity. The sodium has a positive charge. When they're together, there's no charge. They're all together. But as soon as they're separated by water, and that process of water separating uh, the sodium chloride is technically called hydrolysis. Hydro means water. Lysis means dividing up or breaking up or destroying. As soon as that sodium chloride hydrolyzes in the water, now you have something very interesting. You have a positive sodium and a negative chloride, and between the two, you have an electrical charge or an electrical conduction. There's no electricity here. There's nothing to flow. They're stuck together. But as soon as they're separated, you have electricity. And this is how electrolytes work. Electrolytes are substances that are solid until they're in water or fluid. And then the water creates something called charge separation. This literally is called charge separation. And now you have flow. When they're separated, they can flow. When they're together, they can't. And this charge separation of electrolytes is one of the ways that the electricity in the blood and in the fluids is maintained. As we get older and as our blood becomes contaminated, the electrical nature of these electrolytes 
uh, of this charge these charge separated electrolytes is not as efficient the blood is doped it's dirty and this changes the interior blood the interior electrical energy of the blood of the fluids another place where uh and this is really cool uh, for me in the skin business another place where uh electricity plays a major role in the health of the body is in the skin the skin generates electrical charges from something that's very very important in our environment that we are terrified of i i, I did a video uh with a friend of mine a couple of days ago or a couple months ago actually but it just got put out on TikTok a couple of days ago uh on the importance of the sun and I talked about how sunscreens and you guys have all heard me say how sunscreens are problematic and you want to be out of the sun oh my and this always happens I shouldn't have been surprised oh my god the heat I got this one numbskull dermatologist got on and she told everybody how stupid I was you should wear sunscreens because they've been tested and and uh, the sun can photo damage you and it doesn't matter if you have a little bit of toxicity in your body it's okay and it was just ridiculous we as a culture we're terrified of the sun but as it turns out the sun is streaming photonic energy photons photons are pieces of sun energy the sun is streaming photons that hit the skin when they hit the skin there's a special element in the body that's a nutritional element that gets electrified that gets uh, charged by the sun and this element turns the photons into electrons it turns the sunlight energy light into electricity in the skin you have these elements I'll tell you what you have an element I'll tell you what it is here in a second that turns the sun sunlight sun energy light energy into electrical energy just like a solar panel our skin is like a solar panel you know you put a solar panel on your roof it the sun hits the solar panel it turns into electricity and you, your electrical bill goes down and you can run your lights and your television your computers all from the sun via the action of the solar panel well our skin does exactly that we're like so we our skin is like a solar panel and the solar panel in the skin that converts the photonic energy from the sun into the electrical energy that will charge the body is driven by the element sulfur and this is the one of the key roles of sulfur the reaction between the sun and sulfur creates a molecule called sulfate and the sulfate is an electrical uh, as an electrolyte that can now distribute electrical energy through the body all from the sun so the next time you're out in the sun recognize that you are now electrifying your body and this is one of the main places where electrical energy comes into the body of course uh it's not the main place where electrical energy comes into the body because you'll still have electrical energy even when you're sitting in your house when you're when you're not out in the sun the main place we get electrical energy is from food but where does the food get the electrical energy from ultimately the sun exactly so the food is like a temporary storage space a temporary storage device for the electrical uh, the photonic energy that's coming from the sun the elect uh, the photonic energy that comes from the sun 
is stored in the chemicals that are in food. It's stored specifically in a part of the body that's or a part of the, uh, the food, part of the chemicals in the food, the molecules in the food called a bond, a chemical bond. And if you ever see the drawings of chemistry, if you ever remember your high school chemistry, you always see a line. You see C, line, C, or, or, or F, line, C, or you have all these lines. Those lines, when you think about it, if you just you don't really understand what's happening, it looks like there's a, there's a bond. It's a thing. It ain't a thing. It's a magnetic interaction. It's a magnet. And when you, if you remember when you were a kid and you played with magnets, how if you force two magnets together and let go of them, they would spring apart. That's because when two magnets are pushed together, they're storing energy. And as soon as you, and you're holding, by holding them, you're forcing them together. But as soon as you let them go, the energy is released. This is how the body gets energy from food. All the molecules in the food are like little magnets stuck together. The body breaks up those bonds, those connections, those magnetic attractions, and energy is released. What makes the body so amazing and really life so amazing, it has figured out how to capture that energy if that energy when you have a magnet you're stuck together and the magnets fly apart the energy is going all over the place but the body and life itself has figured out how to take that energy that flies around and channel it into chemical reactions what is it that channels the energy into chemical reactions the mighty 90 essential nutrients the mighty 90, you've heard me say this before, how uh, calories have energy, but the mighty 90 essential nutrients are what can channel the energy into the right chemical reactions. Now you know how that works. The, a calorie can be thought of as two, uh, two things stuck together, and then when they get broken apart, they release energy. And if you don't have micronutrients, the energy just flies around. Now the body has a way of protecting itself from all that energy that's flying around, so it will store the energy, and that's what we call fat. But... If you have micronutrients, vitamin C and vitamin A and selenium and zinc, there's 90 of them, they can take that energy that has been released and they can capture it and direct it into the right chemical reactions. And this is how the micronutrients work. And this is why the mighty 90 essential nutrients are so important. This is how, this is why if you're eating a lot of food, but you're not getting the micronutrients, which is how we eat today. We eat food, but we don't get the micronutrients. Most of the food we eat doesn't have the micronutrients. We get lots of that energy, just like the magnets that you're pushing together, and then you let go. We get lots of that energy. But if we don't have the micronutrients, we can't channel that energy into the right biochemical reactions. You follow this? You're making sense? The, micro, the micronutrients are holding on to the energy and pulling them into the make into the chemistry that makes collagen the the chemistry that makes uh, uh blood or the chemistry that makes various organelles and structures and this is why when you ingest micronutrients you don't need as many calories because you're more efficient with the energy the energy is being distributed correctly and this is why the micronutrients are so important 
So you can see all these different places where electricity plays a role in the body. It plays a role in the cell membrane, in the health of the cell, which acts like a little battery. It plays a role in the in the flu in the in the movement of uh, blood through the body, the circulation. It plays a role in the structure of the body. It plays a role uh, in the health of the uh, in, of the connective tissue and the collagen. And it plays a role in how we obtain energy from foods. It plays a role in, uh, it, play, uh, it, it makes sunlight and sun exposure important. It's why we want to be getting regular sun exposure. And most importantly, it's why we want to be eating foods that contain the micronutrients that match up with the macronutrients, that contain the little, uh, uh, I heard somebody say traffic directors, the little traffic directors for energy in addition to the, uh, in addition to the raw energy itself. When we're sick, we are sick at the level of electricity. We're not sick at the level that we can, from a fundamental standpoint, we're not sick at the level we can see, we're sick at the level of energy. We're sick at the level of electricity. The reason why nutrition is so important is because it facilitates the movement of electricity. And the way the system is set up, there are 90 different ways that energy can be re can be directed into in, into biochemistry and this is what the mighty 90 essential nutrients are essentially they're ways that the body directs the the energy that's in food that came from the sun originally into the right biochemical reactions okay so i don't know necessarily that that's really important to know if you're if you have cancer if you have an autoimmune disease or if you have uh, alzheimer's or you're getting frequent colds or but it's just interesting to see at the most fundamental level how this whole thing works. And I believe I just scratched the surface of the bioelectrical nature of the body. So anything we could do to improve the way the body handles electricity is going to improve our health. One of the way, uh, one other thing I should tell you is by changing the, uh, the uh, chemistry of the blood, you change how the blood performs its activity by changing the electrical nature of the blood. And one of the most efficient and effective ways to change the electrical nature of the blood is with oxygen, is with breathing. And this is one of the reasons why breathing is so important, why exercise is so important, and why movement is so important. All of this changes the electrical nature of the blood. So oxygen is also important. Oxygen contributes electrical energy as well. Oxygen is also important and not as a part of the mighty nine essential nutrients that you're ingesting, but through breathing, through oxygenation. And it's a combination of the mighty nine essential nutrients that are ingested, plus the calories, the raw energy that comes in through foods, plus oxygen that is, that is breathed in through the body, plus photonic energy from the sun that maximizes health. So sunlight, breathing, and movement, which also improves oxygenation, the mighty 90 essential nutrients, and a healthy diet are the foundations of good health, and then supporting the body's ability to utilize all that. That is through the lungs, for example, or through the blood, keeping the blood clean, and also, of course, through the whole digestive processes, which is where the calories and the micronutrients are going to, are going to ultimately get into the bloodstream through the intestine, the whole digestive machinery. So, there you go for electricity, and that's really just scratching the surface. Now, we're almost, I really want to leave some time for questions because we always run out of time, but uh, I'm happy to take questions now if you have any, uh, if you have any, if people have questions about what I just said or about anything else.
Well, as I was listening, I'm going back to chemistry class and that ex I always had that confusion with protons and being negative and repelling and, and yeah. that. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm I'm looking, you know, the the uh the looking at the chart, the chemistry chart and all of the different chemicals and what their abbreviations are and how those are bonded and then right. like water h2o folks you got two hydrogens one oxygen all right. that so for me it's kind of an, i love hearing it for some it may not be it's a little but, it's it can be a little much you got to have a certain you know like you say you have to have a certain love for it or passion for it but it really from the end of the day our customers don't care our customers really want to just get better. It's just a, a way of demonstrating how complicated the body is. Now you be very, you can't just throw in drugs into the body and you can't just take in things that the body doesn't recognize. Uh, this one video I did was on sunscreens and the problems with sunscreens. You can't just put things into the body or on top of the body and uh, that the body doesn't recognize and not, to ex and not expect to have to pay the price. And this is why you want to be so respectful with what you're putting in the body and on the body. You want to put things in the body and on the body the body has evolved to work with now the body's very forgiving and has ability to detoxify things but you don't want to overload that and that's really what we've done in the in the year 2024 we've gone through a thousand plus thousand by ten thousand years of changing what gets into the body and this is what we're, we're we're paying the price for now and this is why our health the, our health statistics are so unbelievably crazy where you know 60 percent of americans have at least one health challenge and uh 60 or 70 percent of americans over the age of 65 have at least two health challenges so uh, you know the, our health uh, the the abysmal nature of our collective health is the end result of our interfering with this very complicated nano orchestra uh, nano choreographed biochemical nature quantum biochemical nature that the body has and luckily we don't really have to do anything to work with that the body's on automatic the cell is on automatic all the systems in the body are automatic as long as we have the food the micronutrients and the macronutrients oxygen and uh, sunshine sunlight and then of course the spiritual mental and emotional components as well yeah so one thing that i've noticed been because i used to go out in the sun growing up in phoenix i hated going out in the sun because within five minutes i was beat red right. now I can go out in the sun Hello? and enjoy. Why is that? Well, it's because I've got the nutrition, the micronutrients. Everything's on board. This is what this numbskull doctor didn't recognize. Yes, the sun's a problem because you're eating French fries and because you're missing your micronutrients. And this is why we get we have sun sensitivities and we have sunburn, we have photo damage, is because we're not handling the sun's energy. This is the same sun that existed in Africa uh, 50,000 or 100,000 years ago when our bodies were developing. It's the same sun. Why is it all of a sudden we're all getting sunburn and we're all getting photo damage and everybody is worried about the effects of the sun is because we're eating the wrong foods. Those foods get stored in the skin where our digestive system, our, our intestine is leaking toxins into the blood that gets stored in the skin. Our skin becomes more sensitive. We're nutritionally deficient. Using nutrients is the way we're supposed to protect our skin from the sun. S uh, sun protection is in, should be first inside out, but we don't think of it that way. We think of it as we're going to wear a shield on the outside because the sun is evil and the sun is going to cause cancer and the sun is going to uh, accelerate aging, et cetera. And by the way, when you hear the term skin cancer, what do you think the most important word, uh, the most important word of that phrase skin cancer is? It's not skin, 
it's cancer. Skin cancer is cancer. And so uh, whether it shows up in the skin or in the bone or in the liver or anywhere else, cancer is a cell phenomena that's the end result of all the same, uh, of the same thing, uh, the only things that can go wrong with a cell, starvation, suffocation, and toxification. That's what cancer is. Cancer is not an organ, uh, organ phenomena, it's a cell phenomena. All disease is cell disease, and cancer is no different. So cancer is about the cell. It's not about the thyroid or the bone or the liver or the skin or the brain. It's about the cell. And it's the end result of a cell that has been starved and suffocated and toxified for so long that it has now reverted into a, into for it, a more effective way of, of, of uh, functioning so that it can get by under conditions of, inf of, of toxicity and starvation and suffocation. But for us, obviously, it's a problem. The cell is just trying to survive. Mm -hmm. But the end result of this cell surviving is that it can't function as effectively as it used to to make a liver, to make a bone, or to make a brain, or to make any other of these organs function. Now, it turns out that the skin is on the cell, the skin cells are on the outside of the body. So they're more susceptible to excess energy from the sun and under conditions of toxicity or, or uh, starvation or suffocation, they're going to be more sensitive. But as long as you're healthy, as long as your skin cells are healthy, as long as your skin cells are getting enough oxygen and uh, they're getting enough nutrients and they're not toxic, they're not going to respond by becoming carcinogenic. They're not going to be respond with cancer simply by being out in the sun. This is not something that the medical folks recognize, you know, and, and consequently, that's not something that most, pe most people recognize. Keep in mind, you guys listening on this on this video or on YouTube, you're at the you're at the tip of the spear. Ninety nine percent of people aren't going to pay any attention to this. They have no idea that cancer is a cellular phenomenon, or that the micronutrients and an oxygenation and detoxification can keep the body healthy. Most people think, oh, I'm out in the sun. I better wear sunscreen. Or I'm going to get photo damage. Oh, my mother had diabetes, so I'm going to have diabetes. Or, uh, you know, it's just in my family or whatever people think about well, how they get sick. Nobody really realizes that our, our sicknesses and our health problems are really mostly the result of our lifestyle choices. How we eat, how we breathe, how we exercise, how we move, spiritual, mental, and emotional, of course, are involved all of that. And this, this is to say that we all have an opportunity as well as a responsibility. You know, they say information is power. So now we, we've gotten some power here that most people don't have, but with power comes responsibility. And so we have an opportunity as well as a responsibility to help people understand that just like their diabetes is their fault, and this is you know not to attack anybody, but it's important to understand that just like they're responsible for their diabetes, they can reverse their diabetes. Just like they're responsible for their autoimmunity, they can reverse their autoimmunity. Just like they're responsible for their neurological or movement disorders or, or mental health challenges or dementias or whatever it is, they can reverse that as well. And so we have a responsibility. We really owe it to people to say that as we understand this. We owe it to people. We owe it to others to teach uh, what we've learned. And we also have an opportunity to help people, to make a difference. And this is one of the best things about longevity, probably the 
best thing about longevity is it gives us an opportunity to make a difference in the world. People who, who I've met in longevity are all people who want to make a difference, who want to make the world a better place. And longevity is our platform for doing that. It's our vehicle for doing that. And not, not just with the products, but also with information. And not just with information, but maybe even most importantly, with inspiration. We can inspire people because people are so lost and they're so frustrated and they don't know where to turn. And I, I feel that way. Probably many, if not most, of, if not all of you guys feel that way too. We don't know where to turn. We don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. There are people out there supplementing because they heard their mother say something or their friend say something or their neighbor say something or they read something on the internet and they, they're taking this and they're taking that and they don't know what to do and they don't know what companies to go to. We've got systems. We've got kits. We've got it all set up for people. Got diabetes, got a blood sugar path. You've got heart disease, you've got a heart pack. You've got a, a, a joint problems, you've got a bone pack. We not only have products, but we also have education. We got information. To me, this is the most powerful and important uh, business opportunity company, uh, business opportunity slash company that anybody can ever interact with when it comes to health. And there's nothing more fundamental than health. So we have a responsibility and we have an opportunity because while you know, there's 30 people on this call, 50 people, 100 people. There's millions of people that have no idea uh, about the possibilities that are uh, that they have to not only uh, eliminate health challenges, but even if they don't have a health challenge, just to improve their quality of life and to increase their longevity. And I am grateful that I found it because eight yes. years ago, Eight years ago, there's there's no way I would have ever dreamed to be able to do this or be outside and play and take care of others because I couldn't take care of myself. I was in such poor health. Let, so, me just, let me say one last thing. Let me just say one last thing. One of the things electricity in the blood does, as I was kind of alluding to, is it improves the movement of the blood. And one of the ways it improves the movement of the blood is by spreading the blood cells apart. When you spread the blood cells apart, everything moves, moves more efficiently. When you have doping of the blood, when you have toxicity in the blood, everything clumps up. That's why blood clotting is such a, is the major side effect of injecting you know what through your blood. When you inject you know what through your blood, I can't say what it is because for YouTube, but when you inject you know what through your blood, it dopes the blood, everything contaminates. It, everything, uh, the blood becomes contaminated and everything clumps up. That's where clotting comes from. Oxygen, by the way, is one of the best way, one of the best ways to spread things out. Oxygen uh, creates an electrical milieu that separates out blood cells. And that's why breathing is one of the most important things you could do if you have heart disease or if you have blood disease or you're worried about a stroke or you have a history of blood clots. Well, we have a product that one, is one of the most incredible red blood cell spreaders apart. Now, one, one, I should tell you, one of the, one of the, uh, the blood cells uh, clump up when there's not enough negative charges in the blood. Negative charge, remember, have, are excess electricity. So negative charges help the blood spread apart. Oxygen, breathing oxygen improves the negative charges in the, uh, in the blood and uh, helps spread apart blood cells. So do essential fatty acids, which also act as a source of electrical energy that can help spread, spread blood cells apart. And it turns out that uh, the ultimate EFAs are a great blood thinner. In fact, they're such a great blood thinner that sometimes doctors will say not to use the ultimate EFAs, right? 
But one of my favorite blood thinners are the negative charges that come from, we said sulfur has negative charges that come from the sun, right? Well, there are these creatures that live in the sun and they're very tiny little creatures that live out in the sun. And they live in this vast expanse of fluids that have an ability to pull the sun's energy in. And in fact, they're at the bridge, they're at the, at the interface of the sun and this fluid. And they have an ability to take the photonic energy and trap it in, uh, in sulfur, just like our skin does, and create these sulfate molecules. These creatures that trap the sun, sun's energy in sulfur, like our skin does, like I described, are called algaes. And collectively, the algaes bunch up to form seaweeds. There's a special kind of seaweed that is very, very rich in these sulfur molecules, these sulfate molecules. It's a brown seaweed. And this brown seaweed contains molecules that uh, have trapped the sun's energy that we can eat and then get the sun's energy and uh, the electrical energy that has been converted from the sun, which will go into the blood and uh, spread those blood cells apart. And it makes this one algae one of the best blood thinning ingredients you could ever have. So for folks who have, have gotten the injection and they're concerned about clots, or if they have a history of blood clots, or if they have any kind of uh, circulatory health issues or any kind of health issue, they will benefit by ingesting the Fucoid Z, which is Fucoidin sulfate. The Fucoidin contains lots of sulfate, which it got, which it produced by uh, the photonic energy from the sun. In response to the photonic energy in the sun, they store electrical energy in sulfur to create sulfate. We can eat that when we eat our Fucoid Z, and it will help thin the blood. And it's one of the reasons why the Fucoid Z is so multifunctional, and it's one of the reasons why I consider the Fucoid Z to be, aside from the mighty nine essential nutrients. And uh, in, in the uh, Healthy Star Pack, the basics, I can. it's my favorite, uh, one of my favorite longevity products. I have a few favorites. It's one of my favorites. Yep. I love that one too. I do, I do. I've got so many great um, testimonials come in over the last week from being, from adding that after having Raymond and Yolanda Brown on the show with oh. us where we were talking about Fucoidin. And then you did a follow-up that spoke about the Fucoidin right. and getting people on that and and for some people that's like the missing link yeah to helping get over that right i mean they're feeling better they still had those few things that were just holding on and adding in uh, one or both the fucoidin or the z radical into their programs has just made a world of difference so i i love it um i take both every day myself uh, and I just, I can't say enough good things about it. Besides the fact that, you know, Z radical tastes good, Fucoidin Z, you take it through pills, you get even more without having any of the, the sugars, if you're concerned about sugars. So it's, I love how longevity meets people where they're at. Yeah, I agree. Everybody needs a 90. And then we each have these areas that the cells have become weakened because of the lack of nutrition the lack of uh, oxygen as you were mentioning the starvation the suffocation it's just we don't have to be that way right 
We really don't. And it's best if we start early so that we don't have to feel that way. But even if we've gone to the point where we're feeling all these poor health symptoms, we can still do something because we're empowered to make a difference. So I love it. I love it. Um, and I know Phyllis has a question she wanted to make sure that we get in today. Okay. So, so let's, let's take one question from Phyllis. Let's I get Phyllis in. Nice Hello, to see you, Phyllis. Phyllis. Nice to see you, Ben. I love this topic. It's just it's mind really fascinating, right? Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yes. Uh, Sharon had a uh, question regarding resveratrol. Yes. And MS, um, people with MS. Yes. And uh, there was, um, she was concerned about it. And I did some research. There she was, was a study. What do you mean? She, yeah. What was she concerned about exactly? A study came out, I learned. Um, involving mice in 2013. Yes. And uh, they gave mice resveratrol. Yes. And their conclusion was with that people with MS were actually being warned not to take resveratrol supplements uh, after this study found that it worsened MS-like neuropathology and inflammation and had no neuroprotective effects. So she's concerned about taking resveratrol. And she has MS? A, she or someone she knows. Okay. Well, to be concerned about resveratrol when you have MS, first of all, that's not, I, that, that, that makes no sense at all. And I, I would have to see that to see how that happened. But, but the thing is to worry about resveratrol when you have multiple sclerosis is like worried about a little mosquito floating around your head when you have a big elephant on your roof. <laughs> you know, you got way bigger fish to fry than worrying about resveratrol. And as you know, I, I'm, I'm going to assume this person has heard us talk before. I, hate, I always hate to repeat myself, but you know, there's always new people. So MS is an autoimmune disease. Autoimmunity should always be regarded first and foremost as a sign of dirty blood. And I gave the mechanism. I don't want to, you know, bore anybody by repeating the mechanism, but basically toxicity gets into the blood through the intestine. The immune system is then activated with... Uh, uh, toxicity gets into the bloodstream through the intestine. The, the blood immune system is activated, the blood being the sacred space. Uh, the immune system, the blood will then dump all that toxicity that's in the blood into various tissues, including the nerves. And then the immune system then attacks the nerves, which it now perceives as being distorted from the toxicity. Stop eating and you'll notice your MS symptoms start to disappear. It's so tragic to me how people have MS and they deal with the medical model, which will tell you, they, they admit, you know, doctors are are honest about it. They don't they don't lie. They say we can't do anything. So they just give you steroids, you know, because they can't really do anything. But if you read the Walls protocol, Dr. Terry Walls, WAHLS, everybody with MS or everybody with any autoimmune disease should read this. Uh, she was a medical doctor. She is a medical doctor, and she had MS. She cured herself. Yes, she cured herself of MS. Okay, how did she do that? She changed the way she ate. That's it. She's a medical doctor. She wrote a whole book on it, the Walls Protocol. Everybody with MS should read it. But, you know, if you heard me speak for the last 20 years, you know exactly how it happens. You don't need to read the book, but it's good to read the book because she's a medical doctor. You know, she's mainstream. Uh, she's not, you know, an alternative practitioner. She's not a chiropractor or, uh, or a naturopath. She's a standard medical doctor. And she said, you know, change the way you eat. It happened to be with her, it was, it was gluten, but it could be anything. You don't want to just focus on gluten, just focus on intestinal health. So 
I want to, I'd like to talk to somebody who has MS because I wanted them to get on here and we could talk about their digestive situation. I've yet to, I've worked with a lot of MS patients. I've yet to see an MS patient that did not have long-standing intestinal problems. I've never seen that. I've worked with a lot of uh, MS patients, but if you understand the mechanism, uh, it just makes perfect sense. So resveratrol is a, you know, it, resveratrol has some, some effects, some powerful effects, but you need a lot of it. It's very expensive. Most resveratrol-containing products have a drop of resveratrol in them. Uh, so you're really not going to – it's very difficult to get uh, resveratrol effects just from resveratrol supplements. Uh, there are sources – there's food sources of resveratrol, mostly berries. Peanuts have some resveratrol in them. Uh, grapes have resveratrol, of course. Most people know that. Um, so there's lots of ways you can get resveratrol from food, and that's probably a good idea to do it. Uh, but it's not like resveratrol is ever going to change your life. Uh, it is anti-inflammatory, and in conjunction with a lot of other things, you might get some benefits from it. As far as making inflammation worse, that's got to be a misunderstanding of some kind of study. I can't, I've never heard of anything like that. But even if it was the case, like I say, if you have a gnat or a mosquito around your head, uh, and you have an elephant on your roof, you got bigger problems than the mosquito or the gnat. Perfect. I'll let her know. Thanks. Okay. It's so simple. Such a simple answer. Yeah, it really is. And that is, you know, as, as complicated as it gets, and we, you know, we talk about the electricity, there's all this complication here. There's a real simplicity to help because the body's on automatic. It, the cells know what to do. I mean, when you think about it, a cell is microscopic, right? I mean, we, get, we say this all the time. It's important that we like really let it percolate in our brains. You have an entity that is so tiny, you can't see it. It's invisible. That alone should give us pause. You have a, a how can you imagine this this entity is so small if I had it right in front of me, I couldn't see it because it's so tiny. But yet this entity that is so tiny somehow can produce hundreds of different chemicals on its own. How a factory that a human being makes can't do that. How does an entity that's microscopically small have the intelligence to know? Which of hundreds of different chemicals to make? A liver cell, a hepatocyte can make 500 different chemicals. How does it know which chemical to make, can make, which chemical to make, how much to make of it, and when to make it? It's microscopically small. Where does it get the information to do that? This is just mind-blowing, yet we don't have to know any of that stuff. All we got to do is make sure we give the raw materials, we go out and get electricity from the sun, you know, all the things we, we just talked about. And that's really the beauty of it. But you can go as deep as you want. Uh, if you want to go deep, you can go, you know, you can go all the way into the microscopic nature of the body. And, and you know, when we talk about electricity in the body, really, this is very important. You know, a bolt of lightning, a vo first of all, a volt or voltage refers to the push. When something has a positive voltage, it's the electricity being pushed. When it has negative voltage, it's being sucked. So positive voltage is push. Lightning is a classic example of something that has a lot of voltage. Lightning is a reaction between positive charges and negative charges. That whole charge separation thing we talked about, that manifests in the atmosphere as lightning. You got negative on the bottom, you got positive on the top, this, the clouds are and uh, uh, up in the air are, are positive charges, the ground is negative charges. When there's enough positive charges and enough negative charges, you get a bolt of lightning. A bolt of lightning has uh, a billion, a billion volts. A cell also has voltage. It also has energy. It's also pushing electricity. A cell has about 0 0.07 volts of energy in a cell, but you have about 100 trillion cells. If you multiply 0 0.07 volts in a single cell, 
by 100 trillion cells, that's a lot of energy. That's 7 trillion volts. That's 7,000 volts of lightning in a body. <laughs> what is this? This is so amazing, right? You have the equivalent in electrical energy of thousands of bolts of lightning. And this is what we're riding around in. We, as whatever we are inside this body, we're riding around this amazing system of organization and, and intricacy and precision that is so exact that we can only just worship it and be blown away by it. We can't really, you know, we can, all we got to do is, we, don't have, we can't run it. All we got to do is feed it and breathe it and move it. And that's it. And we can't even do that right. All right, you guys, it's already late. Thank we you. Are, we do we have are another, late. Any other question? Well, I know that um, Dr. Wallach just wants to get on and oh, Doc's here. what you are saying as well. So, Hi, Doc. Uh, Dr. Wallach, hello. Hey, Doc. Yes, so what do think, Doc? thank you. Really a great, great, great presentation. Thank you thank so much. You. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, Doc, you've gone deep into the body and how everything works. Do you agree with what pharmacist Ben just said? Oh, absolutely. And of course, when it comes to um, the brain and spinal cord and the big nerves, like the 10th cranial nerve, um, it's it's one of those miracles that God made when you think about it. All there is things that they do. Um, and uh, just demyelinization, when you don't get enough raw materials to make myelin, the um, myelin sheath goes away from the brain cells and spinal cord cells. And you get, let's see here, you get. Um, uh, well, there's a lot you can get, Dr. Wallach. So I was hoping we could just make this quick because we are on overtime. Pharmacist Ben has to get to his next yeah. appointment. Yeah. But Just give me two minutes because I wanted to say we get 90,000 in America. We get 90,000 new cases of Parkinson's disease each year. We get 90,000. That's a new statistics came out by the government. 90,000 new cases of Parkinson's disease each year in America, which is a well, simple nutritional deficiency disease, which results in a myelin deficiency. Uh, Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, MS, multiple sclerosis, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, ALS, uh, Huntington's, Korea, uh, frontal temporal dementia, which is kind of like an Alzheimer's disease, but it just affects the front of the brain and the temples. And 90,000 new cases each year in America because people are just eating wrong. So if they change the way they eat and stop putting in the toxins and creating dirty blood and you add in the 90 essential nutrients plus the things that really help allow the digestive system to work properly I and keep the blood clean. I then, yeah, as empowered individuals, we can do a lot for ourselves, right? Yeah, well, we can stop and we'll go from 90,000 new cases of Parkinson's disease each year to zero. We can do that in three to six months, okay? I think that's fantastic, Dr. Wallach. I think that's absolutely fantastic. You can't thank Pharmacist well, Ben enough for everything he did too. It was just really a great, great thing. Thank and, you, Doc. Uh, that yeah. means a lot to me, Doc. Thank you for everything. We cannot thank you enough for all the great stuff you do for humanity. Thank you thank so much you. for being on our side. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Doc. Thank you, Becca. Well, 
Thank you, Ben. And I want to just do a, a thank you to my team as well as they help us put this all together. Pharmacist Ben, you were on fire. Fantastic. We appreciate you. And, you know, we didn't have time for questions, but we will get, except for, for the one, we will get more time with Next week, let's do all questions. We'll do all questions. That was going to be my suggestion. So okay, good. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Pharmacist Ben Fuchs, folks. You want to make sure that you catch all of our Pharmacist Fridays. And then we also have past shows called Q&A with Pharmacist Ben and Becca that you can find on our YouTube channel under Critical Health News or just do a, a search for Q&A with Pharmacist Ben and Becca. Those will come up as well. But I know you need to get going. So I'm going to go ahead and let you do what you need to do as he continues to help others and does presentations for others as well. We just really respect and appreciate the time that he dedicates to us, folks. Us, not just Critical Health News, not just Daily with Doc, but us as in you too. So as somebody that has greatly benefited from the information that I share on this program, the people that I bring in as guests, whether they're consistent guests like Dr. Wallach, and if once a week, which we're hoping to get in more than once a week with pharmacist Ben Fuchs, but others as well who are experts in the field of nutrition who have found that longevity is the way to go. Longevity has put together the solutions under Dr. Wallach's guidance that really do impact and make a difference within the human body. We invite you to fill it as well. Get back with the person that shared this program with you. If there is no one to thank, give our call team a call, 855-949-3377. Again, that's 855-949-3377. And you will get in contact with one of our certified holistic health coaches. You can also go to our website and use that contact option. Or as you're filling out the request to be put on our email list, there's a spot that you can submit your health questions. Include in there if you're working with somebody or if you want to be connected with a coach from our team. If you're already working with somebody, you belong with them. They made the effort, they shared information that grabbed your attention. We wanna make sure that you stay with them as well. I couldn't do this without my team. The people that I have on with us, which Phyllis had to go a little bit early, you saw her as she brought in a question from the audience. Um, she's been with Dr. Wallach probably the longest of anyone that I personally know beyond Cheryl Morley. She, and, and uh, Shar Murphy, which for those of you who are dead doctors don't lie, you remember Shar. She's still going and kicking. But Phyllis and her husband Andy were very instrumental in getting that dead doctors don't lie program syndicated around on the different radio stations, along with MZ Michael Zerling, who we want to do a thank you so much um, to MZ and all that he's done to help make this program possible as well. 
Now with us, we have Marilyn. Marilyn is doing a fantastic job as she is doing dictation, putting it into the chat. So if you are just watching this as a replay or watching the live stream, you don't see the chat. There's a lot of great information. We invite you to come and join us live as we do our live daily with docs. Just simple, super, super simple. Dailywithdoczoom.com. Um, 12 to 1-ish p.m. Pacific time. Right now we're Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, working on more days as well. So dailywithdoczoom.com. Marilyn does a fantastic job as she's putting in with her speedy fingers, yes, Albert, um, information into the chat. We have Albert who is coming from us. It's in the middle of the night, folks, but he believes in this message so much and has just benefited from it. And also those that he has shared with it have benefited from the message that he's here with us, helping to make sure that we create a safe place for all. So thank you so much, Albert, as he's joining us from South Africa. Folks, we don't have any borders. When it comes to people needing nutrition, we want to provide it, provide the opportunity for people to be able to get what their bodies need. That includes you, no matter where you're at. Get back with the person and share this program with you. And then I have with us uh, AJ. AJ has been very instrumental in getting our program out onto the various platforms so that you can find it at any time, 24-7. Even if you are on Apple TV, Roku TV, Fire TV, YouTube, Rumble, Spotify, um, Amazon Music. I mean, we are everywhere. And so they just put up a list here for me, but I didn't uh, didn't go through the list. But I do want to welcome back our YouTube viewers, as we have a lot of people that watch us on YouTube and interact in that chat. Welcome back, as we are um, loving the fact that, yeah, they want to protect people from misinformation, but folks, the misinformation um, that we provide actually helps people. So you can't deny that one. My name is Becca Dukes and as the hostess of this program, I thank you for taking the time and investing the time into yourself. And we invite you to feel the difference by investing in what you actually put into your body and what we have found to be synergistic solutions that the body can actually use. So give Longevity a try. Visit our website, dailywithdoc.com. We have a full store there. We also have the good foods, bad foods list. And if you're already working with somebody, get back with them. Until next time, bye for now.